you'll never leave us the same something happens when we call you you move you'll never leave us the same something happens when we call you you move you'll never leave us this where do you need him to move today where do you need him to move today I know some of us just came to church because Sunday is the day that we do that. Maybe some of us came to church because it was a last-ditch effort today. Maybe some of us don't even know why we're here today. But I want you to know that when we call on the name of Jesus, historically speaking, something has to change. And if you came here with needs in your life, if you came here with needs in your heart, I want you to understand that you don't have to go back to what was there before. Something happens when we call him. I know you're thinking, yeah, but that's not my situation. No, my mind isn't as, it's more practical. It's not as spiritual as that, Braille. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm telling you, something happens when we call the name of Jesus that God has designed us to live in a world of shalom. That means that all things are working together for the good. And when you look at your life, you're like, man, these things aren't working. They're just not working together for the good. Something has to change when we call the name of Jesus. I didn't come here to hype you up. I promise I got a sermon. It's on, it's, it's on my phone. But I need us to get it. Something happens when we call his name. Call his name today. Call his name today. Good morning, Fellowship High Crest. Good morning. Ooh, some people ready to call his name. Good morning, Fellowship High Crest. Good morning. Man, I'm so glad that he put his name on me. <laughs> Y'all don't know. I don't know where I came from. I don't. I'm so glad that he put his name on me. And on this place of High Crest, this Fellowship High Crest, we're a place where imperfect people worship a perfect God, a God who is willing to put his name on us. And, and I say that, I want to make that clear because sometimes people can get confused. They think it's about the music or about how good the programming is about how good the food is when we get together. I know some denominations, they get down. My Presbyterian brothers and sisters will lay it down in the kitchen. But everything that we do is positioned to point us through purpose to how good God is. So today, as you sit and you, you hear this sermon, I want us to be interactive And the first thing I want to do is point us to our focal passage for today, which is Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34. And it can be found on page page 582 in those blue Bibles that you have in your seat. So if if you don't have a Bible that's easy to read, please take that one as a gift from us to you. 
And if you have your Matthew journals with you and you want to use that, it's on page 46. However you get there, I encourage you to open up God's word as we reflect on the power of his name today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, as you guys are turning there, I just want to reflect on the lyrics of that song where it says, something happens when we call you. I mean, that, I heard some of y'all amen in before I ever said a word, because when you have a story that goes along with that name, it just hits different, right? The lyrics hit different when there's a story attached to it, but I think it's also the same when people don't live up to their name. Example, I love hip-hop, and in hip-hop, there's a record label executive named Baby. Well, his real name is kind of Birdman, but... I don't know if that's actually better than baby. So we're just going to go with baby. So there's a record executive named baby and he was going through some legal troubles, which led to him getting dragged all over the internet. So he shows up to this interview at a radio show called the breakfast club. And he begins to tear down the show's hosts and make threats. And he repeatedly says, when y'all talk about me, y'all better put some respect on my name. Well, after this public spectacle of asking and demanding that people put respect on his name, the internet instantly proceeded to turn baby into a meme. <laughs> I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> You know, this is wild, too, because Baby actually had a lot of credibility in the music industry, and he's responsible for giving us one of the largest rappers, one of the people considered to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. So why would people disrespect him so handily? Well, Baby was in a lot of hot water for owing millions of dollars to one of his artists. And not only that, but Baby had ignored several other rappers and prominent figures who had made threats towards him. And instead, he pulled up at the radio station making demands and threats of people because they had decided to share the story. In other words, this person who's supposed to be gangster didn't live up to his name. So despite his position, despite his authority, he had no power. Have you ever felt like you have no power? You pull up to the situation ready to rage war, but for all of your protests, for all of your threats, the kids just won't start acting right. The bills just won't start mathing right. You keep trying Bible study after Bible study, but the addiction won't go away. Your community doesn't seem to be changing the way you want it to. You can't even see the change in yourself. You're supposed to be a Christian. That means you're a little Christ, a representative of Christ. But despite all of the power and authority, the, all, the, all the power and authority and position that you have, you find yourself feeling powerless. Feel like you have no power. Feel like the church has no power. Might I suggest, my Christian brother, my Christian sister, that we're not living up to the name. 
don't worry, I won't be before you too long today. In fact, I believe that there are just two things, two characteristics of Jesus' character that Matthew wanted us to see that make his name so powerful. And I believe that if we live up to these characteristics in Jesus's name, that we will see power to do good unleashed in our homes, with our families, and in our community. So let's get into it. Y'all ready? All right. Y'all didn't go to sleep on me. I appreciate it. The first thing we see is that Jesus was actively available. Now, what does that mean? Well, unlike baby, Whenever people had a problem, they never seemed to have a hard time finding Jesus. In fact, Jesus seemed to pull up on problems consistently. War veterans or people who were possessed by demons were known to live in this area in our focal passage among the tombs. They were literally living in a cemetery so that they could get away from other people. Some scholars believe that the two men in this passage may have been war veterans who had PTSD and they recluded to the tombs to live out a life of solace. But either way, people were very aware of their presence, which means Jesus probably would have been too. So why did he go there? Well, let's read up and see where Jesus came from. Now, earlier in the same chapter, chapter eight, in verses 16, People were bringing demon-possessed folks to Jesus, and he was healing them. But in verse 18, the crowd gets really large around Jesus, and what he does is he tells his disciples to hop on a boat and go across the lake. Jesus skipped the press run. He had done all of the hard work, and his hype was at an all-time high, and when that happened, he skipped town, leaving high-profile people behind, crossing through a storm, remember what we talked about last week, just so he could get to the other side of the lake where there were more hurting people that he could heal. He did not just stumble across these two demon-possessed men. He was there on mission. He was actively available. You know, this last week, There were 24-hour warming centers opening up in several areas of town. Reports say that 519 people utilized those resources. It means they came into a place to be able to get out of the cold. We stepped in after being told that the current need was higher than the resources that we had at the time for those who are already involved. So on Tuesday at 11 a.m., we opened a warming center here in the building. And guys, I saw people taking buses who didn't have cars so they could get here to be able to serve. People with children at home were taking in laundry from the people who were here. They're like, this is what I can do to help serve the people who were there. Students who didn't have morning, um, any morning responsibilities said, hey, we'll help by taking out the night shift. And, And it came in here to serve with some older adults, college students, high school students. I thought to myself, this, this right here, this is the church. And as the week went on, though, I also saw people begging for help all over the city because they couldn't get enough people to fill their spots at their warming centers. I saw a lack of men, not just in our church, but in organizations all around the city 
missing, not helping, not serving. You know, we keep hearing about this generation that's coming up that doesn't serve or doesn't believe or trust in the church. And I have to wonder if they're asking, where are we? 519 people, most of them homeless. Where are we? We keep talking about finding a godly candidate for the country, but we keep finding ourselves continuously lacking in our own communities. Where are we? The world is asking, where is the church? Do you want to know if you are living up to the name? Because I know we people, we want to see, is this me? Is he talking about me right now? If you want to know if you're living up to the name, ask yourself this question. What will you go through to get to people who are hurting? Are you expecting them to show up at your door? Or are you actively available? We've been commissioned. Think about this. We've been commissioned to go out into the ends of the earth and share Christ's love. Some of us have a hard time even going across town. And we wonder why people don't want us building more churches. But I don't want to beat on that. I don't don't want to stay there too long today because for some of us, availability isn't actually the issue. It's about our heart for people. That leads into the next thing that Matthew wants to show us in this passage about Jesus's character. Jesus used his authority to heal, not to harm. When the men rolled up on Jesus, they said, son of God, are you here to torture us before the appointed time? Now, there's a few things that I want us to see in this phrasing. First of all, they recognized Jesus' position. They said, son of God. They gave him this term that's associated with the Messiah. They were like, king of kings, Lord, Lord, we know who you are. They recognized who he was, the majesty of his presence, the power that he possessed. And the second thing is they were scared. They were scared of Jesus. We have been given the authority to do Christ's work on this earth. One of the unique things about Jesus's ministry is that he was able to forgive sins. Go with me. He actually gets criticized for this all throughout the Gospels because only God is supposed to be able to forgive sins. So Jesus was making a statement about who he thought he was, and people didn't like it. Now, Jesus has placed that same power that raised him from the dead in his disciples, in his followers, in us. That means that we can actually bring people, think about this, we can actually bring people the good news that their sins can be forgiven. I want to hear from that messenger. But it's as if the world is asking, have you come here to torture us? before our time because often when people come to us instead of hearing that their sins have been forgiven they hear that they've been forsaken they don't feel forgiven they feel attacked 
Have you come to torture us before the appointed time? What they're saying is, I know that I don't belong here, Fellowship High Crest. I know that I'm not right. I know that I don't quite smell right. I don't quite look right. I know that I'm broken. Are you here to condemn me for the wrong I've done? And often the answer that they hear from us is, yes. Yes, I am. Maybe not out of our mouths outright, but often out of the outpouring or the lack thereof of our lives. They hear it when that child asks for your help, but you really don't agree with some of the choices that they've been making. So you're like, sorry, baby, I can't really help you. They hear it when you say, man, I would give to the church, but I'm not quite sure where all that's going. They're doing good work. They can do it without me. They hear it when you say, man, I'd love to help out and ripple, but some of those kids, not my kids, but some of those kids, whew. Jesus sees the infinite value, dignity, and worth in those two men. So he ignores their behavior. He ignores their pleas to get him to go away. He sees the problem. He speaks to their demons and he heals them so they can have a deeper relationship with him. When you see those people that don't seem like they quite fit, don't seem like they belong, do you run away from them? Do you let them run away from you? Or do you do whatever it takes to help them get closer to Jesus? Something happens when we call you, you move. Does something happen when they call you? Do they know that you won't judge them, but that you'll pray for them? This shouldn't just come from a pastor or from a title. We all have received the spirit of God that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead. Something should happen when they call us. Something should happen when they step into our presence, when they serve in our community, when they serve on our groups, when they, when they step into our service teams, when they see us on the streets. Something should happen when they call on the name of Jesus and he sends you. But I get it. Some of us misuse, underuse, and abuse God's authority in the lives of others because we don't understand what it means in our own lives. We still think that Jesus is here to punish us. So every time we make a mistake, we start running for our lives. We step out of community. We stop spending time in his word. We stop coming to church. But those two men submitted to Jesus' authority so much that they came to Jesus even fully believing that he would harm them. They put their lives in his hands right where they were and thus they received his love and grace. I need somebody to hear that today. As you've been saying, no, I can't give you this, Jesus. I, I feel like you're just going to throw me away. I feel like you're just going to hurt me. I feel like you're going to torture me before my time. I need you to know that wherever you are today, 
Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Jesus didn't come to judge your brokenness. He came to heal it. Stop talking to God like he doesn't love you. Some of us didn't show up last week because we thought we had nothing to offer. Some of us are thinking of bailing right now because we think we can't possibly get used by God in our current state. We couldn't possibly get any closer to him or have a better relationship with him than we've released such far. So we're going to keep it at an arm's distance. Our demons are just too great. I want you to know that Jesus has already seen your demons, your insecurities, your fears, your weaknesses, your doubts, your sinful heart. He knows he's seen it all. And he has the authority to cast it out. The problem is you won't bring it to him. Are you ready to stop running today? God has so much more in store for you than living in the tombs. For these men, there was one defining moment in their story. They were still demon possessed. Still away from their family, still lost, still hurting. But they called on the name of Jesus and everything changed. Will you call on his name today? Jesus, the one who is the son of God. Jesus, the one who loved you so much that he died on a cross for your sin and your rebellion. Jesus, the one who was so powerful that he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand so that you could have a relationship with him so he could see past your brokenness so you could come before him and be made whole and walk out a life with him through this life and the next. Will you call on his name today? Come out of the tombs. Step into the presence of our loving Savior. If you make that choice today, if you're doing that for the first time, we want to connect with you. We invite you to text CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 785-432-4544. And someone will respond so that we can be the church. We can connect you to a group of people who are forgiven just like you, no better than you, in the same boat but allow you to start walking in community with our Savior and with his people for the powerless in the room I want to see us live up to the name I want to see us walking in the authority of Jesus Christ I want to see his spirit radically change our hearts to make us actively available and to demonstrate his power through our church and our community. But that can't happen if we're still hiding in the tombs. Let's walk in his power. Let us pray together. Father, I come thanking you that you have made space for us. That even as we're hiding in the tombs, you haven't forced us out. You haven't smoked us out. And you haven't just left us there. 
Instead, Lord, you've made yourself readily available. You have shown yourself to us through your word, through your church, through your community. You have shown yourself to us. Lord, I pray that as we hear you speak these words, that we would run out to meet you, that we would step into your presence and hear the affirming words of you calling us your child, to hear you speak to our demons, our fears, our anger, our weaknesses. Lord, and be transformed by your name because we know that you'll never leave us the same when we call on your name. Lord, as we continue in worship, prepare our hearts that this wouldn't just be an emotional moment where we're filled with guilt or shame or something that quote-unquote motivates us to move towards you. But Lord, that this would be the start of a next step of a deeper relationship with you. I thank you that you walk with us. I love you. We thank you and we give you the honor. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray as we prepare to lift you up in song. And together we say, Amen.